Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf and Simon. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy. I'm Simon Clancy, as always, here with Alfredo Artiaga and Chris Kaufman, who uh, let's not even go where Chris is going this evening. This show brought to you by Price Picks. Use promo code 5FIVE to get a $100 match bonus on your $100 deposit. Also, by Better Edge, go to betteredge.com forward slash five reasons and get $20 free just for signing up. And by SKD Studios. If you're buying a new house, shop designer furniture, lighting, accessories, everything else you could imagine, at skdstudios.com forward slash shop we also started two new sponsors last week gopuff.com use the promo code welcome 1010 and get ten dollars off your first 10 orders and factormeals.com use promo code three yards per carry 50 and get 50 percent off on your first order how are we boys lots going on we've got contracts we've got willy won't he trades we've got cut downs we've got preseason games we've got guys in hospital and we are what 13 days away from mm-hmm. actual regular season football. Let's start with the defensive tackles and start with the news about Christian Wilkins or the ongoing discussions about Christian Wilkins. And I note that uh, Marcel Louis-Jack, the uh, one of the Dolphins beat reporters, uh, said this evening that it was his belief that Christian Wilkins wanted to essentially set the market for the defensive tackles. Now, we've always thought that he's probably not going to get Quinn and Williams. He typed money, which is 95 million. That market is going to get reset very soon with Chris Jones and Kansas City because it feels like that that's coming to a head there and he will absolutely become the highest paid defensive tackle in the in the game. My feeling was kind of Kenny Clark, sort of that sort of 84, DeForest Buckner, 84, 85 kind of million. Um, but Marcel believes a bit higher, nosing towards the sort of 92, 93, but Wilkins not buying that. Where where do you think this ends up, Alf? Where where are we headed on this situation? Because you know I've got Rob Staten, kind of Seattle Seahawks fan, very very great draft head, very much a sort of Seahawks version of what we are with the Dolphins. You know, there's there's talk in Seattle. They need people that can stop the run, and you know they need defensive line, interior defensive linemen. John uh, John Schneider, Pete Carroll have, have rebuilt that defense, certainly in the back end. And um, you know they're looking for defensive tackles. Is there a trade in the works? What? Where are we headed with Christian Wilkins? Well, I can confirm Marcel Louis Jacques' uh, report in in one sense. He says that Christian Wilkins essentially rejected uh, a deal in the neighborhood of what Jeffrey Simmons signed, which is four for ninety four and around fifty nine million guaranteed. I can confirm that the Miami Dolphins expected a deal to be done on Friday and instead what they got was a rejection of a contract. I don't have the exact numbers and I can't confirm those numbers, but I am told he rejected a deal that would have placed him among the top five highest paid defensive tackles in the NFL. So from here, 
I don't believe the Dolphins will revisit this. I think they have they, may, they have made their best offer. And in my opinion, they have made their best offer. Um, I understand that a lot of people are saying, yeah, but what about sacks? If it's just about sacks, this is kind of stupid. And maybe so. But look at where the Dolphins might be coming from, okay? His teammate at, at Clemson, and I hate to do this, but it's kind of where we are today as far as how you pay defensive tackles. His teammate at Clemson, Dexter Lawrence, last season, had 36 quarterback pressures, 28 quarterback hits, and seven and a half sacks. And was an all-pro. And Christian Wilkins just rejected a contract that was going to put him around that money. Christian Wilkins, as good as he is, and he is great. He might be the best run-stopping defensive end, I mean defensive tackle in football. He had 15 pressures, which is less than half, seven quarterback hits, which is a quarter of what Dexter Lawrence had, and three and a half sacks, which is less than half. So I understand where both are coming from, but I don't understand turning down an offer that would have placed you in the top five highest paid defensive tackles. Yeah, that's mad to me, Chris. So I think where we're headed is a franchise tag or a trade next offseason. I think that um, it's unfortunate that I, I, his his argument against that is probably clear. Is is yeah, but you got to pay attention to the defense that I was playing in last year. This is this was this was not the same defense that I'll be playing in this year. Um, you know, pay attention to the talent. You know, all that stuff. And they are going to make that argument, and it's sound. But the Dolphins are also going to make the argument here, and um, they could and should that. You know, between the tr- franchise tag next year, which is, by the way, the 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 four years, I believe the um the Jeffrey Simmons, what is it, four years, ninety four million, something like that. Mm-hmm. You know that 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 average is is higher than what the franchise tag is expected to be next year. So, so that that's that's leverage for the Dolphins. Um, it's it's not much lower. The franchise tag is not much lower, but it is still lower. So so the Dolphins are like, you know, listen, we can have you play out your you know 11 million dollars this year your uh 20 between 20 and 21 million dollars next year and even franchise tag you again uh and pay the 20 percent bonus or pay the 20 percent on top and uh and and we're basically looking at a three-year 57 million dollar deal and you'll hit the market when you're 31 years old you know and I, you know that that's leverage for the Dolphins. So I I don't think they're trying to put the screws to to Christian Wilkins, but at the same time I, I I think they have they have enough leverage to say hey let's be a little bit on the reasonable side here, um, and so they have to be looking at it that way. I'm not saying that they will use the franchise tag on them even next year, let alone two times in a row. I'm just saying you know that that is a possibility. The Dolphins have to look at this like you know hey we could have them on a basically on a three-year, $57 million deal, if we want to. Um, or, you know, a two-year, a two year, or if you will, we'll call that a two-year, $46 million extension. Um, and if he's going to reject, if he's going to reject that kind of, uh, that kind of average, then, they, you know, they, they have that sort of leverage. So it's an unfortunate situation. I don't think that they're heading for a trade, necessarily. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they're, I, I, I'm not surprised that they're just going to fold up their tents r- right now and say, you know, Hey, we're done. You know, we're done. We're making uh counter offers and whatnot. Um, you're either going to take this or you're not going to take this and we're going to play the season. And I think that's where they're at. 
There's conversations, guys, about obviously Jonathan Taylor, which we'll get to at some point in this show. People are asking on social media. People are asking on OnlyFins, which is $3 a month if you'd like to join. Very simple. Uh, lots of great fun. Lots of great people. Lots of great content. Um, a Christian Wilkins for Jonathan Taylor and change trade. I don't think it'll happen, but where do you stand? Uh, I'm 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 an absolute no on that. Uh, I think that for that, the Colts would have to pay a premium, meaning I need Jonathan Taylor and a pick and a real pick for Christian Wilkins. We become the 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 sellers and we become the ones with the leverage in the deal. So I'm an absolute no in that regard. Now, if they let us dump uh, Ogba and he's a useful player for the Colts, which I believe he would be, I'm more open to something like that, but not Christian Wilkins. Uh, it's I'm not trading. I'm not trading a a top ten defensive tackle for a running back, especially when I can I can control him for essentially three more years. Chris, would you trade Christian Wilkins to the Seattle Seahawks even next year in a tag and trade? Uh, I mean, it's going to depend on the um the the compensation, but yeah, you could you could absolutely consider that. I mean, I listen. I'm not. I'm not. I'm reluctant to give him up, uh, certainly this year, because I think that they're kind of, I think the Jonathan Taylor trade overture kind of uh, shows how all in they are this year. And, um, and in the all in year, I don't think you rob yourself of a talent like Christian Wilkins, if you can help it. Um, But, you know, circle back to next year, whatever is going to happen this year is what's going to happen. Circle, circle back. And yeah, yeah, actually, you know, uh, monetizing, monetizing your position um, on, on the guy that, you know, you're not going to come to an agreement with um, that's, that's just smart business at some point. So, yeah. Speaking about smart business, Zach Sealer is a done deal. Uh, It's nice to actually have a quality defensive lineman under contract for next season. Um, How do we feel about Sealer? How do we feel about the deal? Just ultra consistent, one of the best run player. I think grades as the fourth best run defender, interior defensive lineman in the NFL. Just a really good, undervalued around the league uh, player. That's great to get under contract, isn't it? That that is a good deal. I mean, that's a really good deal. Yeah, I'm over the moon on on that signing, especially uh, very recently. I, I started hearing rumblings from from the beat. Um, I guess it's some guys that have a very good ear to the Dolphin locker room. Since I've been at training camp, I've been listening to them, and they started. Uh, I won't out who they are, but uh, they started telling me, "Nah, I think somewhere around ten million average per year gets this thing done." And I was thinking, "Is this for real?" Because the last I heard of it was when the season ended. Uh, his representatives, which is Drew Rosenhaus and his brother, uh, approached the Miami Dolphins with a proposal to get Zach Sealer signed, and the Dolphins found that proposal to be. Rather ridiculous. And I was led to believe that it was going to be massive numbers, like 17 million per year on an average. And it turns out that uh, the beat guys were actually onto this uh, all training camp as they kept telling me, you know what? That 10 million average is the, the sweet spot. And I think that's where a deal gets done. And sure enough, that's exactly where it got done. And they had them on a good value before and they have them on a good value going forward. So, this is good business, and it's a good piece to have locked up. Yeah, Chris, he was he was obviously um, on the docket through this year. This is a three-year, $38.65 million extension, uh, essentially. So really, we have Cedar for, for four years, and um, I, I think you'd agree it's, a, it's great to get him locked up. 
Yeah, and it begs the question, you know, would you rather have one Christian Wilkins or two Zach Sealers, um, to be for, to be fair or frank about it? Um, and I think that this illustrates the, you know, sort of the the blessing of getting a guy like a Zach Sealer. And I, I really compare it to when the Dolphins got Cameron Wake from the CFL. Um, getting a guy from out of nowhere that performs to the level does that. And I realize that's like winning a lottery ticket, but it, but it's, it's, it's such a great blessing because their humble background, you know, getting the guy from essentially a practice squad um, or in the case of uh, Cameron Wake, getting him from the CFL, um, you know, it hangs around their neck for the rest of their career in contract negotiations. I've seen it time and time again. You know, if you're a first round pick, and you make good and you're a good player, you're going to get an astronomical contract. If you are an undrafted free agent or some guy coming off of a practice squad or something like that, you can perform just as good or almost as good, and you're going to get like half the money. You know, it, it's just it's just the way it is in the NFL. And uh, and so when you do uncover a guy like that, the, the blessings just keep coming because every time you toll a new contract, you're still saving money uh, relative to the talent level, and um, and so it's almost like you know you know the using the first round picks uh, can almost be a curse sometimes. Like you hit on them, and now you're paying them tremendous amounts of money. But if you had managed to to you know get that guy off the Baltimore Ravens practice squad, then you know you have a franchise impacting move for um, you know nearly a decade. Yeah. And uh, and that's what I think we have with Zach Sealer. Yeah, I can I can tell you that this is a good deal, and the reason I know it's a good deal is because the the Buffalo Bills podcast that I go on that the gambit they wanted to pull off was trade Ed Oliver and then sign Zach Sealer away from us a year from now, and they were thinking that was going to be a better deal. As it turned out, it is because Ed Oliver is getting a lot more money than Zach Sealer, and I believe Zach Sealer is in the same class and probably better. Yeah, no, it, I mean. Good deal, good player, good to get done. Um, we are at the kind of the cut down moment. Not an easy day, I don't think, for coaches and GMs and and for players. These are players' lives. You know, we say, "Oh, so and so's cut, and so and so's gone," but you kind of forget that there's families and kids and wives and houses and mortgages and all those sorts of things. Today, the Dolphins have waived um, three veterans, eleven young players. So, Keiki Kute, AJ Johnson. Jerron Christian, all gone. Um, this was from the official site. No mention of Malik Reed, who ESPN had reported had been released, but no mention of that. Uh, Mitchell Agood, James Blackman, Josiah Bronson, Randy Charlton, Chris Coleman, Aubrey Miller, Garrett Nelson, Cadron Smith, James Tunstall, Jalen Twyman, and Jamal Woods all left. Uh, I'd heard a couple of other players had gone, but they still are lifted, which is kind of a bit weird uh, and ties in, although it ties in with the Malik Reed situation. Just to give you a quick rundown, three quarterbacks at the moment, two are Mike White, Skylar Thompson, six running backs, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, Savon Ahmed, Miles Gaskin, Devon A-Chain, and the impressive Chris Brooks. Nine receivers currently, and I'm told there is a very difficult decision. I said earlier on in OnlyFins that there, there was essentially a battle between Robbie Anderson and River Craycraft. Uh, I think Adam Beasley said about an hour ago on Twitter exactly the same thing, that it's, you know, Craycraft and Chosen seems like a battle. Uh, we expect David Davis to to be released, although obviously, you know, given what happened the weekend, it would be pretty harsh to say <laughs> welcome back to the team, buddy. Well, I hope not if you're the not if you're the Cleveland Browns. Uh, 
Yeah, we're so <laughs> glad you didn't die, but I'm really sorry, but you've lost. Yeah, but not, not if you're the Cleveland Browns, Simon. I don't know if you're aware, but they wished the guy a happy birthday today, and then they cut him two hours later. Green Bay did that about two weeks ago as well. It's like happy birthday, see you later. <laughs> so yeah, the well, receivers. Congratulations on being alive, uh, but also, <laughs> you know, yeah. bye. I'm going to go out on a limb with these receivers, and I'm going to say Tyreek, Jalen, Barrios, Cedric Wilson. Ezu Kanma and River Craycraft will be the six, but currently Robbie Anderson, Braylon Sanders, who they're very much keen to keep, uh, and David Davis, the receivers, the tight end slash fullbacks, Alec Gingold, Durham Smythe, Eric Sobert, Tyler Croft, Tyler Connor, Elijah Higgins, Julian Hill. We currently have 14 offensive linemen, Teron Armstead, Connor Williams, Austin Jackson, Robert Hunt, Liam Eichenberg, who I'm told is not entirely safe, Isaiah Wynn, Dan Feeney, Kendall Lamb, who is safe, Lester Cotton, Robert Jones, Cedric Abwehi, who is not safe, Keon Smith, who is safe, Ryan Hayes, who should be safe, and Alama Ulave, who I've been told has already been, will be gone. Six edge guys, Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb, Ogba, Van Ginkle, Cameron Good, and Malik, uh, Malik Reed is listed, but that's kind of a bit of a grey area. Christian Wilkins, Zach Ziegler, Raycon Davis, Sean Han, Brandon Peely, Randy Charlton, Jerome Baker, David Long, Duke Riley, Channing Tindall, so only four linebackers and 12, corn, uh, 12 corners. Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey, Kade Kohu, Cam Smith, Noah, Eli, Apple, Justin Bethel, Bryce Thompson, Ethan Bonner, Nick Needham, Jamal Perry, and Perry Nickerson, who was actually really active against the Jags the other night. And then six safeties, Javon Holland, Deshaun Elliott, Brandon Jones, Elijah Campbell, who's going to be out for much of the year. And we'll touch on that in a sec. Verone McKinley and Trill Williams. And in fact, we're touching it now. Elijah Campbell, that's a that's a big loss, especially as it seemed like it was almost like a non-contact thing that he... You know, it wasn't like he got caught in a pile or he just sort of seemed to go down on that return on the left side in front of the Dolphins bench. That's a big loss for a guy who had a good camp, Alf. You saw him day by day. Yeah, he was coming on every single day. And to, to the point where, where most of us were just, you know, having having debates in the in the press room about who starts opposite of Holland. And Elijah Campbell was getting a lot of votes. Uh, you know, I'm always been I've always been a Deshaun Elliott guy because I think he he fits like their need and he's a little bit more versatile than Elijah Campbell. But Elijah Campbell's had a better camp. It's that's just that's just a fact. And and let me say something about about Elijah Campbell. The uh this seems to be like a dolphin thing, but they're doing. I don't know if you've ever seen hockey injuries and how they report them. Simon, have you, are you aware of that? I I haven't. I'm not really into niche sports. Al. <laughs> Okay. Well, in <laughs> hockey, in hockey, if you have an arm amputated, they say upper body injury. Okay? An arm amputated is that a hockey accident? <laughs> no, but you know, well, oh, it's yeah. a violent sport. But More or less of this. I'm just saying that they tend to generalize the injuries. Like if your legs explode, they say lower extremity injury. The Dolphins are doing that with uh, this year, and I don't want and. Needless to say, I don't like it because what you end up doing is you end up going to practice and you start staring at guys, and the guys stare back at you like, "What the hell are you looking at, you you weirdo?" <laughs> you know, like I kept staring at Waddle, like trying to figure out what is his injury. I don't think it's his ribs. Is it a core injury? And I kept looking at him, and he looks fine to me. And then I just don't know. So Waddle had an injury that kept him out of practice for two weeks, and we don't know what the hell it was. Okay, so. That's what Elijah Campbell has. He has a lower extremity injury. It turns out it's his knee because he was grabbing it. But they say it's not an ACL. But we don't know. But we do know it's going to keep him out for most of the year. Uh, that's a defensive back, you know. Jalen Ramsey's, uh, you know, cut from a different cloth. He makes $22 million a year. There's expectations that come with that money. Uh, so Elijah Campbell, I don't know if he'll come back this year. But it's it's obvious that when he comes back, he's not going to come back to a – um a major role 
let's just say. So it is a shame. A, it, it is a shame for could have been that, that happened tear, to him. Could have been an MCL tear. Could have been a uh, dislocated kneecap, something like that. But you know, glad it's not an ACL. But could have been a beast thing. Uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm less. I'm less inclined to think it was a beast thing. Um, <laughs> well, also keep in mind you you mentioned Jalen Ramsey. Um, he got injured a month ago. You know. Uh, he got injured a month ago, and the timeline for him is officially December, right? So toward the toward the end of the year. Um, this is happening with Elijah Campbell right now, and they're saying sort of, you know, may he might come back at some point. So, so it could be the same. It, for all we know, it could be the very same injury that Jalen Ramsey has, you know, Um which is a meniscus injury and having a uh, surgery on it uh, to, to suture it and repair it together. Um, so that, that, that could be what we're looking at. Uh, it sounds like the same, it sounds eerily like the same timeline um, to be honest, safety just a month is, later. Safety is a big issue, Chris, isn't it? Because you look, you've obviously got Javon and you pray that he stays healthy. Deshaun Elliott. We've, we all like Deshaun coming over from Detroit. Brandon Jones, obviously coming off the, the, the serious injury last year and, and, and hasn't done anything really. Um, Elijah, obviously, we just talked about. Uh, Verone McKinley, healthy, playing. And Trill Williams coming off the, the serious injury and has been involved in the last two games, but obviously is coming off this serious injury. So realistically, you know, you've only got Javon, Deshaun, Verone, and a little bit of Trill. And you kind of think, you know, we're a little bit light there. Same with linebackers. Only four linebackers currently on the on the roster with Channing, Duke, David Long, and Jerome Baker. Feels like there's, you know... There's clearly they're clearly looking in that area. They clearly need another safety. They probably need another linebacker, don't they? And you know, at least one safety. Yeah. And well, as far what, as what's interesting, well, I'm sorry, I was just going to say what's interesting mm-hmm. there about Elijah though uh, is that he had the ability to play some slot. In fact, yeah. he did that. He did some of that last year. I'm not saying that he was going to do a lot of it this year. I really don't know. Um, so, so I almost, my, my first instinct was actually almost like, you know, maybe, maybe they go ahead and get another slot to back up Kater Kohu now, um, because they're running out of, they're running out of options, uh, slot options. Jalen Ramsey's not here and Nick Needham is not only not back, but, uh, not back yet, but, you know, at, at this point it's kind of a uh, opaque as to whether, you know, how, how long it will take with him. Um, so, you know, they, they, they need a guy that could play the slot. The only one that I know of that they have or that, that isn't, you know, on the bubble, like really, really on the bubble is, uh, Kater Kohu. So, uh, you know, I kind of, kind of wonder about that. And Elijah Campbell was going to get snaps this year. And so they need a guy, they don't just need like an iron to put in the fire, you know, a young guy who doesn't know the defense and, you know, that they can, they can mold and shape and stuff. They, they, they actually might need a snaps guy. Um, which could mean veteran. So, um, so I, I, I'll keep an eye on Bryce Callahan that way. But you know, just you, you mentioned safety being kind of a little bit bankrupt or, or you know, looking a little thin. There's, there's a little bit of an object permanence thing happening with us with uh, Brandon Jones, just because we haven't seen him at all. Um, but he did come up, come off of the reserve list. Uh, he did practice full. He's not, um, you know, he's uh, he, he he's not in the non-contact jersey. He did not play in this preseason game, um, and I think they're maybe just being a little precautious about it. But they're, um, but I think uh, he really, really wanted to play in the preseason game. And and the the cue that I that I take is from his teammates, who you know do kind of I, they they talk talk him up quite a bit. 
um, you know, about what what kind of player he was last year. At some point, they were like, you know, you might have been the best player on the the defense at one point last year. Um, as some of them were saying, uh, you know, so so that's the real wild card. You know, he comes back and it's, and then he starts making plays, and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot we had that guy. You know. Yeah. Alf, just before we go to break here, uh, interior defensive line would seem like an area where they'd look at a veteran as well. And obviously, tight end. There's some talks about Albert O potentially getting cut with the Broncos. And, you know, it feels like there's just a bunch of guys kind of there. You know, there's a couple of young rookies who have done all right. There's Tanner Connor, who seems to be the, the son of Mike Mc, uh, McDaniel. Um, but, you know, there's they kind of, you know, we talk about safety and, and linebacker, but also interior defensive line and um and tight end would be a couple of areas that they're absolutely going to be scanning the waiver wire for aren't they yeah absolutely i can't believe that they're going to go into the season with what they have on the interior i think they have to sign somebody that's a fact let me just say one thing about brandon jones they've been very very deliberate all camp and chris is right this last week he had the the red jersey off he was a full participant all week and he had one of the big one of the most uh, important visuals i saw all training camp which was uh, and I timed it, by the way, a 22 minute conversation with Mike McDaniel, where they were very, very chummy on the sidelines as they were running the final install, which kind of should have tipped it off that, OK, he's not playing in this game. But it, I think it was a good sign. So I would say that we're really, really close on him. We're nowhere close on on Nick Needham. I, I can tell you that. But uh, I would ask both of you about one guy in particular. I've been looking at this and if they don't come up, uh, cut him, I'm going to look like an idiot. But I kind of like Tommy Sweeney, and if I count the names and the numbers on the Giants' tight end room, I think he's he's in danger of getting cut. I, I think he plays for us. Y- your thoughts out of Boston College? You must have remembered him, Simon. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I won't have seen him play since since he left um, since he left BC and. What was it 2019 maybe so mm-hmm. uh or at least not of any note i mean i'm just looking to see how many catches he's had 18 catches 165 yards in in four years so i mean he's not pulling up any trees out um but yeah i mean i think there's going to be some guys uh i i saw dan arnold have been cut uh, you know the, the, there's going to be sort of I, I think they're going to be sniffing around those kind of the, the other thing is look those kind of lower level trades and we've seen a couple today chris haven't we with kevin with the guard, mm-hmm. Kevin Dotson, who you, you uh, were completely up on. Um, and we've had the kickers traded and those sorts of things today. So, um, you know, th- there could be some of that sort of lower level trading that gets player for player or player for late round picks or or moving, swapping picks in rounds and those sorts of things. So I don't think we can rule that out of the equation either. Can we moving forwards? No, I think uh, trades trades feel like uh, feel like the better answer, actually, in some ways, too. Because um, they're stuck a little bit at that position. Uh, I've mentioned several times that Eric Saubert, who you know we all know has struggled in camp, I think he did a little bit better in the preseason games when he did play um, than than maybe he did in camp. But uh, but now he's injured, and and it's looking that the way they described that injury, they said there was a similar timeline, sounded like a similar timeline as Robert Jones, who we know could be out until week two, week three, week four, something like that. Um, so, so they're kind of stuck. They've paid him a $350,000 signing bonus and guaranteed him a $500,000 salary. Uh, Chris Greer doesn't like to waste money like that. He doesn't like to, uh, pay guys to, you know, to, to be retired for the year or whatever. Um, so, you know, there's, they're a little bit stuck there. Uh, we'll see what happens there. 
Um, Croft, who they have, you know, has shown absolutely nothing in the passing game, but good things in the running game. But, you know, at some point you're a tight end. You need to be a threat in both areas. Elijah Higgins has not come on, but he was a draft pick. And, and he was, you know, and he's considered, you know, kind of a valuable draft pick. So can they really cut that guy? Meanwhile, your best, your second best tight end really uh, of the whole preseason is Julian Hill, the undrafted free agent. He should be by rights be tight end number two in week one against the Chargers. Uh, if you watch him play and you watch what he's good at and what he's, what he's done, he's come on that strong. Um and yet he's the undrafted free agent rookie. And you have these other guys, you know, draft pick guy, you paid a little bit of guaranteed money to, you know, stuff like that. And so they're a little, they're a little bit, they're a little bit stuck, I think. And it feels like actually the way to get unstuck is a trade. Um, but, you know, we'll see if they, if that ever, uh, if that ever materializes, because it's a lot, it's always a lot easier said than done. Right. It's time for a pee break. You're listening to three hours per carry with Simon, Chris, Alf, as always. Don't forget our sponsors, Prize Picks, Better Edge, SKD Studios, GoPuff.com, and if you're hungry, FactorMeals.com. We should be back in what we say over here is three shakes of a lamb's tail. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage to your home or business? Are you having trouble locating a five-star rated general contractor that is fully licensed, certified, and insured? If the answer is yes, then Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, Jorge, and their team is prepared to handle any size property damage disaster. When an unexpected damage occurs to your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. Their objective is to make the cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed general contractor, so they provide the A to Z service, one-stop shopping that business homeowners and business owners require. Water Cleanup of Florida is now an authorized dealer of Eurocraft cabinets, so premier kitchen, bath, and laundry cabinetry, countertops, and other accessories are available for your viewing at their showroom in Boca Raton. Or, do you prefer to shop from your home or office? Then Water Cleanup will send you one of our design specialists to you with samples and products that fit your style and budget. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone if you have any questions at 954-579-0356. That's 954-579-0356. Or visit their website at wcufl.com. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram. And please check out their more than 80 five-star reviews on Google and Facebook. Water Cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. I'm Jalen Phillips, and you're listening to Three Yards Per Carry. Just before the break, I said three shakes of a lamb's tail, and I realized we've done a lot of sheep-related gags over the last three weeks. This is starting to go overboard, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's all gone. Ken- Kendall Lamb gags. Kendall, I mean, Kendall Lamb 
You're still just so angry about the fact that we didn't laugh at that joke. The Kendall Sheep, it, it was an absolutely <laughs> phenomenal gag that absolutely went nowhere because you two are fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> right. Enough of that nonsense. Enough sheep-related tomfoolery. Um, there is a potential trade happening involving the Miami Dolphins. We we know this. We've known about this. Uh, they are very interested in Jonathan Taylor, the Indianapolis Colts running back, one of the best, if not the best, running back in the league when 100% healthy. We had Ian Rappaport on uh, Pat McAfee's show today saying that uh, there were two teams involved, a secondary team, potentially making some moves as well. One team negotiating that Rappaport confirmed was Miami, we, that we know was Miami. Justina Anderson earlier on this evening said exactly the same thing, that there are now two teams negotiating. Now, you know, you could maybe make an argument that there is only one team negotiating against itself, and that is the Dolphins, and Indianapolis are playing a coy game. Where do you think this ends up, Alf? What do you think happens? Because obviously Indy have set this kind of, what feels like a slightly soft deadline, but a deadline nonetheless of tomorrow evening that they want this done before, you know, around the time of the 53 cut down so that they can move forwards with their run game. If Jonathan's staying, if Jonathan's going, they know exactly where they are, who's coming in, who's coming out. If they're getting trades for a player, they can work all those. They can connect those dots. Where do you think this lands? Do you think he stays in Indy? Do you think Miami get him? Do you think a mysterious team takes him? What, what What's your, what's your thoughts? It has to do really with who's the competition. Now, there's there's a quiet rumor out there that the Rams, since they have, you know, they have a treasure trove of picks in 2024, meaning that they have their picks. <laughs> okay, so they haven't they haven't traded any any of them. If they're gonna get back into that business of you know fuck them picks, they have their own second round pick. That's game over, isn't it? Unless we're willing to trade our first. So I would say is who's the competition if they have no competition and they're just going to shop Miami's offer. Uh, I'm told that they came up a little bit and we kind of know that they offered somewhere around a second round equivalent, but not their second rounder. At least that's what a couple of beat guys and myself have reported. So let's say the Dolphins come up to a second rounder, their own second rounder. The Rams are a bad football team. And I don't know if you've seen them in preseason, but it's like a who's who of who. It's essentially, uh, you know, the rotting corpse of Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup running around out there. And every once in a while, Aaron Donald flexes. That's their entire team. They're not going to be good. They're going to be bad. If they offer their second round pick, I think it's game over. Shouldn't it be game over? Now, if the competition is the Eagles, you know, maybe the Colts start shopping, start looking at those picks and saying, and they start handicapping it a little bit. And they're saying, you know what? The Eagles are going to be better than the Dolphins. Let's take the Dolphins offer. So it really, it, it all. I think it all comes. I think he will get traded. By the way, but I think it all comes down to who is the competition. If it's the Rams, I think we're in trouble. If it's the Eagles, I think we can beat that offer. Well, yeah, I, I think if it's the Eagles, keep in mind they do have the Saints uh, second round pick as Ugh. well. So um, yeah, that's not so good. That's, you know, if they uh, if they were to offer that one, then then we might be uh, out of luck there. But you know, I, I w- also would not put it past us in this situation this time i know um you know things are never really different with uh with chris greer he's 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 very uh disciplined on what he'll offer and the price tag and and everything but i i have a hard time imagining a man that serves at the pleasure of steve ross um that is attached to the hip with a guy uh like mike mcdaniel who is who is a speed you know a speed 
addicted, you know, uh, star. He, he he's just like Steve Ross, like as far as loving star talent. Um, and I, I, I just have a trouble imagining that Chris Greer could go into an off season, uh, making an offer for Dalvin cook, making two offers for Dalvin cook at different times. Um, you know, making, making the phone call or offer or whatever for Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, uh, showing interest in, in a, in a trade up somewhere for Jamire Gibbs making the phone call on DeAndre Swift and now making the phone call and getting deep in negotiations with John about Jonathan Taylor and coming up with zero, you know, none of that just bupkis. And, and, and I hate to put it like that because we're all very, very uh, high on, I think Devon Achain. Um, but at the same time, he's a third round pick who is currently injured and really wasn't coming on in the preseason that we saw. I mean, there, there were clearly, clearly other backs on this roster that were doing better as far as carrying the football in this preseason. Um, so, you know, it's, it's tough to imagine that, that Chris Greer is going to, is going to take his foot off of the gas on this trade enough to let somebody else go by him. And, uh, and if he does, you know, that, you know, that that's kind of, he's, he's the ultimate survivor. We always joke about it. Um, but they'd better do well this year. You know, that's that's my thought. Alf, can we get a little bit of love for uh, Savon Ahmed, who's had a very, very good uh, preseason in terms of munching up the yards, which he's done consistently, both against Houston and against the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a guy that just kind of sticks around. He's always available, doesn't disappoint really when he plays. He's got that lightning quickness that McDaniel likes. He's got good hands out the backfield. And he's a big play machine. You know, I remember his touchdown against Buffalo last year and, the, you know, the way uh, he sort of looked like a somebody on Dancing with the Stars, the way he shuffled his hips to get into the end zone from sort of 10 yards out. And But against Houston and then against Jacksonville on Saturday night, he's able to pick up big, big chunk yardage down the field. Absolutely. And I asked the other day on OnlyFans, can anybody mention, you know, a bad moment that Savannah Ackman has had in the Miami Dolphin uniform? And nobody could. I was met with complete silence. If you remember in 2020, they actually made him the feature back for a couple of games. And he had a 100-yard game uh, in, like, what was, I don't know, was it his, like, second game in the Dolphin uniform against the Chargers? So uh, he's never had really a bad moment. Whenever, Whenever he's been asked to perform, he's always performed. He's cheap. He's cheap labor. He's a playmaker. And I think that they made a they, I think they made a pretty big mistake last year in the playoff game when they came out trying to feature Jeff Wilson when they had the right guy to feature in that game against the Buffalo Bills all along in Savon Akba and they just didn't use him. So yeah, absolutely. I think he made this team and it's not because of all those plays, it's because they have to, he has to have built up a lot of good faith already with this coaching staff and with Eric Stoosville, who's been here for his entire entire tenure. Uh, he's never really had a bad moment, and those are the guys that you that you kind of want as depth to be counted on in a pinch. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm I'm very happy he's on the roster. Can we get out? Do I think? Oh, sorry. No, go go go, Chris. Yeah, uh, do I think that Savan Ahmed um, is going to help us win games? You know, absolutely. Do it. I I I do think they're going to feel urgency about Jonathan Taylor either way. But Ahmed is a nice, perfect storm. Who was he? Who who originally got him out of the draft? You know, as an undrafted free agent, the yeah. San Francisco 49ers with Mike McDaniel as the as as one of the uh, coaches on offense. 
Um, you know, that's where we pulled him from. And you're right. You know, I, I think in his fourth game and in his second game with us, he ran 21 times for 85 yards. So that was a good game. But in his fourth game with us, he ran 23 for 122 um, back in 2020. So you're right. Like when has he had a bad moment in a Dolphins uniform? He's a speed guy. He's a 49ers guy. Um, he's, you know, part part of this offense uh, as far as the system, the playbook and, uh, you know, the fit is concerned. Uh, you know, that's 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 everything that they want. And he's also cheap. So uh, so you definitely definitely have to keep an eye on. Him. Before we get out of here, I just want to ask you then one final question. Um, we have talked about there must still be what, 75 ish, 77 players left on this Dolphins roster. And I went through them earlier on. Uh, give me a name that everybody will be surprised when he's not on the final 53. And I will start with Robbie Chosen Anderson. Hmm. Alf. I don't know if I, because the one that I wanted to say all along was Eric Salbert, but I don't think that it's going to be, it's, I don't think it's sexy anymore to say Eric Salbert because I think he could be an injury settlement and they, they can get him out of here. So I'm going to go way out there and I'm going to say that they get a seventh round pick for Liam Eikenberg from somebody because he has just not had a good camp. And I just get the sense that Butch Barry and company just don't like him. He's been, you know, he's been demoted in reps since almost day one. He lasted three days in on in pads until he was, you know, busted down to the second team. Then lasted another day before he found some phantom injury that was relegating him to the third team. And now he's not even getting any run with the first or second teamers. Yeah, I would say he's in trouble. And whoever wants to get froggy with the seventh round pick, man, they might even take it. And I think they have cover to take it. So I'm going to say Liam Eikenberg. Chris? Um, I mean, if we're getting yeah. a seventh round pick for Liam Eikenberg, by the way, I'm driving him to the airport. I mean, holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, that's a fair that's a fair point because not only might Liam Meikenberg, you know, give way to some of the guys underneath him, supposedly in the depth chart, but especially somebody that they acquire from another team, right? You know, uh, off of the waiver wire or whatever. Um, they see somebody, the right guy passes through those waivers and you get the feeling that Liam, you know, sorry, you're gone. Um, but no, I, I would say, Simon, just to just to your point about Robbie Chosen, it's to me, it's that, it's that he's not quite embracing the details of the offense as much as they, um, as much as they'll, they'll want. And Agreed. he's not, he's not really blocking that well. Doesn't block, um, doesn't play special teams. Yeah, doesn't play special teams. You, you, you're basically hitting it all, and it's like this This is the exact – how many times we've seen this scenario? You know, the guy, the veteran that everybody thinks can play, but, you know, he doesn't He doesn't nail those – he doesn't check those boxes, and then he's gone. Um, I will say that if I were to be cheap, I would say Jeff Wilson um, because I think that they're going to have to – I think that they're going to have to unload a running back um if they get jonathan taylor and they would rather do it in trade and i think that they're most um they're the the running back that they can get some value from or, or get get a trade off of would probably be most likely jeff wilson good stuff any other business gentlemen before we get out of here uh, no, I, I, uh, I guess a prediction because it's going to be the next time that we're on the air will be on monday 
And I guess we'll talk about the roster, and then we'll preview the Chargers later on that week. But on Monday, they are promising the media that they will name QB2. So a prediction in that regard after we've seen all of preseason, and we haven't really seen Mike Mike White, but we have seen some some bad from Skylar Thompson. So I would ask all three of us, who gets named QB2 on Monday? I'm going to go ahead and say Mike White gets named QB2. Simon? Uh, you go next, Chris. I think Skylar Thompson, and I think Mike McDaniel kind of showed his hand today when he – or um, I don't know if it was today or yesterday or whatever, but he, he basically – he absolved Skylar Thompson completely of that second interception that happened in the game when, you know, yes, some, the protection broke down and they let somebody in that they were not supposed to let in, but Skylar still panicked and threw a pick, right? So, but uh, Mike Mike McDaniel said, no, that is completely not his fault. You know, he blamed the protection. I think he showed his hand. I think he's going to pick Skylar. Uh, I think it would be Mike White. I mean, that performance by Skylar was, uh, I mean, I'd pick Barry White. Over Skyler after that performance the other night, so that was uh, that was tragic at times, really tragic. But anyway, on the way out, thank you very much indeed for listening. As always, you can find us on social media. We are at Three Yards Per Carry on Twitter. We are on OnlyFins, which is a Discord channel. It's very cheap for you to sign up. It's three dollars a month. It's cheaper than a cup of coffee. You get loads and loads of stuff. We answer all your questions. We're on there pretty much twenty four seven. We do video breakdowns. We do. Alf was, was like doing about 600 camp reports a day. I mean, he was like all sorts of, the content is insane that, that essentially Alf is churning out quite frankly, but we're all there. We're all getting involved. It's great fun. We've got a great community of people. So please come and join us. If you want to have a play, it's uh it's very good fun. We will be back next week. We start our run of two shows a week. You sense the joy in my voice at that. Um, where we review games and then we preview games. We talk about the Dolphins. We talk about the players. We get deep into the weeds on what's going on, coaches, all that sort of stuff. Uh, thank you very much to our sponsors. As always, don't forget, you know where to find all the uh, details, price picks, Better Edge, SKD Studios, GoPuff.com, and Factor Mills. If you spool back to the start of the show, that will tell you exactly what you need. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting us. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider.